Alright, alright, okay, okay. Where's up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Gonna spit some facts once again, like always, of course. The third episode of the day. This is not my WWE SmackDown review. I did watch it today. I'm gonna review that for you guys tomorrow morning. I thought I talked about Thomas Grice signing with the Detroit Red Wings. I did mention that at the end of my episode with King MGJ. We made our Yankees rant slash NLCS and ALCS. Uh, predictions. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode right there. It was pretty fun to do. We, we definitely blew off some steam right there. But the Yankees, you know, it is what it is, you know. Keeps out of our control. Alright, let's talk about Thomas Grice, former New York Islanders goaltender, signing with the Detroit Red Wings. You know, you know, knowing Grice was going to be a free agent going to the season coming up, you know. I really didn't want to lose him, to be honest, because Grice had a lot of good moments for the Islanders. You know, back in 2015-2016 season, that was his first year with the Islanders. You know, Yarl Halak got hurt in March, and Grice had to carry the load the rest of the way when and then Berube was the backup goaltender. Jeff Berube was our backup at the time when Grice was a starter. And Chris Gibson came in as well for a time as the backup for a little while. And Grice had to carry the load, and, you know, it was it was hard. It was hard for him because he had always been a backup. He had never been in that starting position where he started in every game. You know, when you're a backup, you're so used to coming in every few games. You know, he was starting every single game, Grice, you know. And he really stepped up. You know, losing Yarrow was a tough loss for us at the time, but Grice really did step up for the Islanders. You know, especially... The, uh, in Game 5 against the Panthers, the series was tied up at 2, and the game was tied up at 1 in OT. And Calvin DeHaan made a very bad mistake right there when, like, uh, grabbed the puck in the crease, and he threw it right there. Or did, he, did he grab in the crease? I don't know if he... I think he did, and then he threw it right there. And it led to a penalty shot. I forgot who it was for the Panthers that had the penalty shot. But Grice made a huge fucking save right there. And kept the Islanders in the game, and the Islanders wound up winning in double overtime thanks to Alan Quine scoring a power play goal to win the game. And the Islanders wound up winning the series right there when Tavares scored the game tie and then the game-winning goal in double OT to send us to the second round for the first time in 23 years. And they, did lo- they didn't wind up losing to Tampa in five games, but you know what? It was a really good moment right there. And, you know, Thomas Grace was a key factor right there. He's very slept on right there because he stepped up in that Florida series. And Tampa... Now, Tampa was just really good of a team. You can't blame Grice on that one. Tampa was just too good of a team. And the Islanders blew two leads in that series. They should have been up three games to one after game three and game four, you know, because they blew leads in the third period. Well, one goal leads, I should say. But still, they should have definitely won that series. But what are you going to do? You can't blame Grice for it. Grice, you know, a goalie can only do so much. You know, and Grice had a good career for the Islanders. That's definitely number one right there. I put on that list right there. Um... Well, not number one. The, well, would I put number one on the list? I, I probably would. You know, another great moment that he's had, you know, before we get to that, you know, the next two seasons were kind of mediocre for Grice, to be honest. You know, the 16-17 season and the 17-18 season. Again, like, Grice really had to carry the load in the 16-17 season because the Islanders sent Yarrow Halak down to Bridgeport in December of that year, and he was bad Yarrow that year. You know, that was, like, probably... Well, I, mean, I think the next year was, like, Yarrow's worst year, but he was playing terrible... And they sent him down for three months. Three months. They sent him down to Bridgeport. And he was tearing it up down there in Bridgeport, y'all. They took too long to call him back up because Grice was really carrying the load for the next three months. And Chris Gibson was hurt, so he wasn't the backup. 
Barube was the backup, and Barube, he had, he had his good games, but he wasn't good really. He had you know he had he had some ga- he had some good games and he had some bad games. Let's just say that. But Grice was playing every day, every well not every day, every game. You know you know what I mean. Not they're not playing every day, but every game, and it took a toll on Grice. You could just tell he was burnt out half the time. It's like Jesus, like when are they gonna call up Yarrow? I think Yarrow was like eleven zero and one, so they finally called him back up against the Penguins. And they wound up winning that game. The Islanders were in the playoff race right there. It was too little too late. Because then the next three games they played, or next four games they lost, I think they used Grice in those games. They didn't go to Yarrow at all. They stuck with Grice. And it didn't work. If the Islanders, after they beat Pittsburgh, if they would have beaten either... No, it was three games, actually. It wasn't four. It was three games. Um, if they would have beaten either the Bruins, the Predators, or the Flyers, they would have made it to the playoffs. They would have made it to the playoffs by a point. If they would have won either one of those games, either one of those games, if they would have beaten either the Bruins, the Predators, or the Flyers, they would have made it to the playoffs. It wouldn't matter if they would have lost two out of those three, they would have made it to the playoffs. Because they would have been up by a point in the game against the Devils, or after the game against the Devils, even though the Maple Leafs beat the Penguins, and the next day... We beat the Senators, and the and the uh, Maple Leafs lost to Columbus, so they would have felt there would have been three points out of the playoffs about the Leafs, and the Islanders would have made the playoffs. And that was actually at the Islanders-Senators game, but we already knew the season was over because Toronto was up by three points. You know, we would have been up by one point right there, if, you know, what I just mentioned right there, and they would have made it to the playoffs. And it would have been a nice moment because the crowd was kind of dead that game. The players were just... They wound up winning that game, the Islanders, but the players, they weren't celebrating when they scored, except Hosang was happy. Because, you know, he's an energetic guy, saying He loved that fun. You just kind of tell everybody else was, like, out of it, that game. Because they had fought so hard, you know, that season. They went through a lot, especially after Tavares got hurt. You know, it was a lot. Well, they would have got beaten by Washington anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. But still, listen, it would have been nice to get to the playoffs that year. That would have been great. But it is especially, like, imagine them clinching right there against Ottawa. That would have been great. The crowd would have went crazy. But, you know, back to Grice and everything, I'm just, like, mentioning like, how much he had to carry the load. You know, they really should have called up Yarrow a lot quicker. Things could have been a whole lot different. Yarrow really lost a lot of the trust right there. And then the 17-18 season, you know, the final year of, uh, you know, the whole Doug Wade and Gart Snow, you know, uh, leadership right there. Even though Capuano got fired halfway through the 16-17 season. And let me just say one quick thing. About Jack Capuano, I don't think he was a bad coach as people like label him as. That's just my opinion. With the Islanders, you know, Capuano, we, we got to the playoffs three times with him. I don't think he was a terrible coach. I don't think he was a terrible coach at all. Did he outstay his welcome or overstay his welcome? I don't think so, to be honest. In my opinion, no. I don't think he did. I thought he was a good coach for the Islanders. I'm not going to lie, he was. He's actually the second best coach in New York Islanders history when you think of it. He's got the second most wins. So he's the second greatest coach in Islanders history, when you think of it. That, that, that narrative will definitely change with Barry Trotz, but it still stands as Capuano right now. I'm just saying. Well, even though, well, even, even though Capuano never got us to a conference finals. So, yeah, you definitely say it's Barry Trotz then. We'll, we'll say it's Trotz right now then. But in my opinion, I don't think Capuano was that bad. You can ridicule me. You can say whatever you want. You can DM me and say... Oh, what the hell's wrong with you? Were you saying Capron was a good coach? Yeah, he was. So, he was a good coach. So, just let's just leave it at that. I thought he was. I seriously thought he was. I, th- I feel like he got a lot of unnecessary hate, you know, 
The Islanders' defense, though, in the years when Capuano was a coach, the defense was bad. The defense was very bad. How is that his fault? It's not his fault. He's putting guys out there. What else do you want him to do? He doesn't control who gets called up or not. It's not his fault. A coach is so easy to blame, you know, but it is what it is. But with Grice, though, you know, in the 17-18 season, yeah, that season was terrible. There was a lot of expectations for the Islanders, and they just did nothing with it. You know, Yara was terrible. Grice was even bad. It was even worse when you think of it. Grice was just bad. He was Swiss cheese that entire season. He really was. And so was Yara, too. It's no exception to him. He definitely was that year as well. And then after, you know, Waite and Snow got fired, finally let go. It was like about time. Oh, even though I love Doug Wayne as a player, and I met him one time um, 11 years ago. It was like an uh, Islanders Kid Club thing right there. I met him in uh, Radic Martinic. You know, Doug Wayne was on the phone when I met him. It was pretty hilarious. But, yeah, Martinic was funny. He was a nice guy, and so was Doug Waite. Um, but, you know, they brought in Barry Trotz. They brought in a whole different new system right here. Lula Morello's a GM. Barry Trotz is the head coach. Mitch Korn. You know, work with the goalies, and he fixed, you know, Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice because we had signed Robin Leonard, and he was, you know, not a, I'm not gonna say a bad goaltender, but he was average before he before he came to the Islanders. He was, he really was. He had his good years out there in Buffalo, but still, he got fixed, and so did Thomas Grice. You know, Grice really stepped up a lot, you know, and Leonard too, especially he was great, but Grice Grice seriously became a different goaltender. When uh, Trotz, Lamarillo, and Corn came in, it was a whole different story. You know, I I really felt like he did step up Grice, especially when Lender got hurt for a little while. Grice was able to take you know the load right there, but it wasn't much of a load. You know, it wasn't like you know Yar with his bad injury that he suffered in 2016. And then when he got caught, when he got sent down in December 2016, you know what I mean, where he had to carry a lot of that load right there, but. Not much with Leonard, though. Leonard was out for a little while. But Grice really did step up for the Islanders the last two seasons, especially this year right here. You know, how um, back in the 18-19 season, he had that big poke check on Sidney Crosby at Barclays Center. Barclays Center erupted right there. And that's when the Islanders were on their, you know, off to a magical start to the season. They really were. It's like, wow, this team is different. You, you felt the team was different. You know, the Islanders, they really reached their peak in the 18-19 season. You could say, like, from like mid-December to the whole month of January. And January was their month. They took over in January. They really did. They really, really did. But that poke check right there, you just hear Barkley Center go crazy, and then Grice had a shutout two nights later against the Devils, and you just hear the crowd going berserk at Barkley Center. You don't really hear that as much at Barkley Center. It's like you knew this team was different, and they were special from the start. They really were. And, you know, with Grice, another big thing right right here, you know, in the, in the 1920 season, um, I mean, I feel like he was good. I feel like he was good. You know, the biggest moment of the year for him was definitely in Game 7 against the Flyers in the second round, and he got a shutout, 4 to nothing. You know, that was huge right there. And Grice, who had not even uh, – well, actually, no, he did start one game in the playoffs. He started in Game 4 against the Flyers when he won 3-2. to two. But Game 7 was definitely huge right there after Varlamov didn't do bad in game five you know he didn't do that bad in game five but game six he was really swish cheese you know a lot of those shots he definitely should have saved but Grice really stepped up in game seven the Islanders 
avoid elimination. They did wind up losing to Tampa in six, but you know what? Bryce right there, that was huge, you know. That's how he went out as an Islander, in my eyes, you know, in game one against the Lightning. They put him in. I, I definitely think, you know, they regret doing that because they should have stuck with Arlamov. But he would have allowed the same goals as well. It would have just happened because the Islanders weren't ready for that game anyway against the Lightning, as it is, you know what I mean? But, um... Listen, Grice, you know, he deserves all the success in the world. You know, with the uh, Detroit Red Wings, you know, it's a two-year deal. Let me get the contract. I think it's, uh, I believe it's $8 million, I think he got in that contract. I think that it's $8 million. Big sign, though, for Detroit. It really is. Oh, no, actually, no, wait. No, it wasn't $8 million. Excuse me, that's somebody else. <laughs> it's worth $3 million a season. Okay, so he'll be making around... We're we'll around like six, around seven million these two years. All right. So good for Grice, though. You know he definitely deserves it. You know I'm definitely gonna miss him on the island. You know hopefully, when the Red Wings come to town, you know Grice gets a nice tribute video, and he definitely will. He'll definitely get a nice tribute video. He definitely will, and he deserves all the success. You know right there. It really sucks after losing Leonard, now losing Grice. It's like. But now we have Varlamov and Sorokin, so we know our future's bright with Sorokin. Varlamov's with us for another three years. Like somebody was saying, like the Islanders were gonna trade Varlamov and bring back Grice, but it would seem kind of weird to do that because Varlamov didn't have a terrible year for us. I mean, I would have loved to kept Grice, but what are you gonna do? You know, I I actually I don't know if I made a prediction that he would go to Detroit. I think I told a couple of my friends that he'll go to Detroit. Like, I actually felt that. I was thinking, you know what? They need a goaltender. Why not go there? And that's what Grice went. I think I told MGJ that, that he's going to go to Detroit. Or I feel like he'll go to Detroit. Or they just really need a goaltender out there. And they got Grice. He's better than Jonathan Bernier, in my opinion. He just is. So, you know, hopefully the Red Wings, you know, treat him right. Organization treats him right. The fans treat him right. You know, treat that motherfucker right out there. Because he was great for us. And he'll be great for you. Man, it's like ex-Islanders out there in Detroit, like Vanek. Well, Vanek was a scrub, so he can go fuck himself. Franz Nielsen was one of the best shootout guys ever in the NHL. And now Thomas Grice. You know, I'm going to miss Thomas Grice. You know, he had a lot of great moments for this team. <clears throat> and a lot of the fans, you know, gave him a lot of shit. They really did, except, you know, in the big moments, you know. And now everybody's going to miss Thomas Grice, especially those people that were talking shit about him are going to miss him, of course. You know, I mean, I've definitely talked shit on him, but you know what? He was a good goaltender for us. He really was. He was good. <clears throat> he was a good goaltender, Grice. He really was. You know, he stepped up in big moments against Florida in the playoffs, you know, against Pittsburgh right there, and against the Flyers in Game 7 right there, especially being a Game 7. And Grice, he handled it well. You know, he overcame adversity right there and pressure, you know, and he was fine. He was fine right there. He just was. And I'm definitely going to miss him. So, you know, Thomas Grice, man, thank you for all the great memories here on the island. You know, here with the Islanders, thank you very much, man. And I wish you all the luck and success in Detroit. I hope you guys get a chance to make it to the playoffs. And, you know, hopefully Detroit makes a nice run. I hope that they do. Because Grice, man, you deserve it. You were great for us. You were good to us. You know, I don't, I mean, I can't really speak for our fan base if we were good to you. You know, there definitely were a lot of people who did support you. 
But we're all, we're, all, we're all with you. I'm not trying to, like, divide Islander fans. I'm just saying, like, we know... You know how us Islander fans are. We're assholes. We are. We are assholes. <laughs> we are. But we're with you, Bricer. The whole way. Thank you so much for everything. You busted your ass every single game. You know, you've had a lot of great moments with us. And you're going to continue to make great moments with Detroit. You are. So to Thomas Greiser, man, thank you very much. Thank you once more. Thank you for all the memories. Bless you, man. Bless you and your family. Good luck in Detroit. And I wish you all the love and success. And I hope that you guys do make it to the playoffs. Hope you get a chance out there. Maybe a nice Red Wings Islanders playoff series. That would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, I always forget if the Red Wings are in the East. It would be a nice thing like if the Red Wings were still in the West. Imagine them versus Vegas right there in a playoff series. Grice versus Leonard. Oh, I'd be all for that. Uh, it's it's really never been the it's really it never feels the same with Detroit in the East when they always used to be the West. It always feels weird now. All right, again, Grice. You know I can't say thank you enough. Well, I'll say it one more time though. Thank you again, Thomas. Thank you. I said it twice, but. <laughs> Uh, we, we, we are appreciative of you, and I'm definitely appreciative of you, Grice, for everything you did for the organization. You're a great man. <sighs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have to say it again. Thank you again. Thank you. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode right here. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning with my WWE Friday Night SmackDown review with the Thomas Grice once again. Thank you again. I can't stop saying thank you. But, so I'm really appreciative of you, man. And good luck the rest of the way in your career, man. Wish you all the best. All right. Thank you again, Thomas Grice. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.